Happy almost Halloween. I know, I'm so fucking excited. I know. We're going to talk more about our own uh, Halloween excitement. Yes. Um, but first, we're going to talk about Halloween's past. The ghosts of Halloween past, if you will. Yeah, so we did the, the same <laughs> similar thing for Fourth of July. So now we're going to talk about Not the crimes. Not as fun, on- I'll warn you in advance. No, no, July, the Fourth of July had very... Uh, Stupid. Yes. Yeah, lots of jokey ones. No we Disney have... characters getting taken out by a firecracker in this one. Oof. Um, <gasps> but we do have... See, a fun thing about Halloween crimes is lots of times people are in costumes, so the headlines are usually really, really right. fun. Right, yeah. So I do have some weird ones at the end, but yep. first, we're just going to talk about... Um, there was a lot of articles on the likelihood of like crime rates spiking yeah. on Halloween. Well, and, and it makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, it does. And um it does a little bit but for a different reason than you would think. So oh, I in figured the article it was because I, people were cuckoo blah, 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 blah. I can't speak. I, think, <laughs> I figured it was because people were cuckoo for coca puffs. I'm going to be I'm going to be completely straight. I did a 6-mile yeah. hike today and I am still gaining my bearings and i got down from the mountain over three hours ago it's all right we're so gonna get through I'm, it i'm not here today just just listen to me for a second i'm gonna yes, tell you about yes, crime rates on halloween lull me into it so although gang violence abductions and murders occur every day when they take place on halloween or any major holiday these violent crimes tend to be remembered longer than if they were committed on non-holidays which would make sense and uh perhaps one of the reasons for this longer term crime memory is because the media likes to grab in onto isolated incidents and build them especially when the headlines can include ties to devil's night or mischief night to shock their viewers which yeah those are really catchy names so obviously like if you title a an article or a news story about devil's night then yeah it's going to get a little more attention than a story about just any old tuesday a house getting egged yes yeah so regardless of the reason uh crimes do somehow seem more alarming when they are committed on a holiday and the media understands spin and skillfully plays into the general public's curiosity and fear so there is a holiday slant crimes do seem to get longer airtime, which is basically what I just said Yeah, that makes sense. So across the nation, many universities do report an increase in alcohol-related offenses and crimes, such as drunk driving and vandalism on Halloween. But this would not seem out of the ordinary for any other party holidays, including New Year's or even during an impromptu party after a winning football game. And at least one study of college kids has concluded that college students are more likely to show an increase in alcohol consumption while attending parties where costumes are worn, such as a Halloween party. Even though the same study shows that no significant increase in the connection between costume parties and an increase in drug use. And uh, it should be noted that, that, yeah. A number of people charged with alcohol-related offenses may also correlate with the increase in police on patrol during holidays. Throughout New Jersey, local jurisdictions set up police presence in public spaces to enforce curfews, ensure public safety, and set up more DUI checkpoints. And statistics may or may not bear 
out an increase in certain crimes on holidays, but they do show sufficient evidence that increased police presence does deter crimes. And um, one statistic that I found was that on Halloween, children between the ages of 5 and 14 are four times more likely to be killed by a car than on any other day during the year. Oh, I believe that. Yeah, it's even increased due to alcohol-related crimes. Obviously, because this is the holiday where kids are literally, like, running through the streets. They're running through the streets. They're saying fuck you to mom and dad when they're like wait for me to go to the next house or put on a turtleneck under your princess costume and yeah they're just kind of like this is my night and on the same side of that there's teenagers young adults and even adults adultier adults see i can't speak um who are also being like fuck all of you this is my night so when you've got two separate forces butting heads saying fuck you this is my night there's gonna be a lot of people where it's not their night yeah and half of them are running around the other half are driving around like the end of the world (laughs) (laughs) yeah so i can see how that statistic is there but still it's, it's alarming four times more likely to be killed by a car than any other day of the year yeah that's nuts yeah so now we're going to talk about some of the worst, most reported, I guess, cases that have happened on Halloween. Right. And the first one I'm going to talk about is the murders of Leslie Mazzara and Adrienne Insog... Ins- can you say that last name? I, can, I, I just came out from... I think it's Insogna. Because I went to school with some girls who were Isagna, and it was spelled similarly from the S on. All right. So we've all established I can't pronounce things. So I'm going to call it Adrian Insagna. So late on Halloween night in 2004, roommates Leslie Mazzara and Adrian Insagna and Lauren Menza went to bed after handing out candy. Menza was woken up at 1 a.m. to the sounds of a scuffle. Not knowing what was happening, she ran in terror from the house and hid in the backyard, watching as an assailant climbed out of a window, and when the coast was clear, she ran back upstairs and found both of her roommates dead. Throughout the the investigation, FBI agents found cigarette butts near the scene of the crime that matched blood evidence inside the house, but found no known matches in the DNA database. Officers and FBI agents spoke to nearly 1,500 persons of interest during the investigation of the double murder, including one of the Insagna's fi- friends, Lily Prundholm. Her husband, Eric Koppel, became a person of extreme interest during the investigation when he refused to give up DNA, uh, DNA sample to exclude him from the suspect pool. Nearly a year after the crime, Koppel turned himself in and confessed to the deaths of his wife's friends after giving no motive for his crime. At the time of the murders, Koppel was only engaged to the friend of one of his victims and carried on with the wedding, thinking that the crimes would not be tied to him. This quote from Adrian and Sagna's mom, Arlene Allen, gives a chilling insight into a murderer who thought he got away with it. She said, quote, You are the man who is so cruel as to invite me, the mother of the woman you murdered, to stand up for you at your wedding, to read scripture of you, uh, to read scripture to you of love and death and to bless your union. Throughout the weekend, you brought me into the heart of your family, knowing all the while that you had destroyed mine. End quote. That's fucked. Yeah. That's a, that's that's a, a real fucked. That's a heavy fucking quote. 
Yeah, and with no motive. Like, he just was like, nah, this is what I'm going to do. Oh, that's, that's fine. Uh, that's nice. That's good. Th- that'll be a theme, too. Like, there's a lot of Oh, good. People are just like, eh, why not? Why not commit a murder? I mean, everyone's doing it. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe I'll be on a podcast. Yeah, no, Maybe. I know. Go, <laughs> go so on fucked. with yours. Yeah, this one, this one had me really fucked up, and it's been settled pretty recently, actually. Um, but it started it in 2011. Recently. Yeah, I was going to say it happened recently, but the whole thing was like, like everything was like done and settled and set like recent like very recently Mm -hmm. um but yeah in 2011 um an 18 year old girl named taylor van deist was leaving a party in the small town of armstrong canada and she was dressed like a zombie for halloween and around 6 p.m she was walking along train tracks and taylor was texting back and forth with a friend of hers at the time and in the last text that her friend received from taylor she wrote about quote being creeped which was like being followed Mm -hmm. um taylor never came home that night and was later found like around midnight beaten nearly to death near the railroad tracks and she ended up dying at the hospital um like i said it was a small town and so obviously her death traumatized everyone in the town um especially when it was revealed that her attacker intended to rape her before strangling her with a shoelace and smashing her head in with an oversized flashlight when she fought back um which is awesome also that this badass woman fought back um Mm -hmm. but so yeah so police eventually used dna found under taylor's fingernails and arrested 26 year old matthew forrester for carrying out the murder and his 56 year old father stephen for helping him Mm. cover it up nice guy what a like i wonder where he learned it from it couldn't have been his dad could it yeah Um, right and his uncle's name is Brett. No. Um, so <laughs> so Forrester had actually been convicted of first degree murder in April 2014, but uh, for of Taylor, of Taylor, um, mm-hmm. but was granted a new trial on appeal because of a couple mistakes by the trial judge. Mm-hmm. Um, so but then he pleaded guilty to second degree murder. And just this past June, Matthew was sentenced to life in prison with no possibility of parole for 17 years. However, wow, it, wow! But people are getting concerned because he. So it turns out that the possibility of parole thing is supposed to take place after. I don't remember if they said if it was after his arrest or mm-hmm. after his um, initial trial like his, like mm. the trial in 2014 so either way it's not 17 years from june 2018 it's 17 years from wh- from the actual crime from either october 2011 or april 2014 i don't remember which because i it was oh, like okay. there were a lot of like opinion pieces on it but i couldn't like find anything solid yeah but also something interesting the dna that they found that matched to matthew he was already in the system because he had attempted to rape a minor oh yes nice guy yeah so it was, I don't want to say it was like his, his like, not motive. What's the word I'm looking for? Um, it, his it wasn't, MO. Yeah, it wasn't his, his MO per se, because he, that people know of, only did this with two women. But mm-hmm. still, yeah. Matthew Forrester's fucked. I could not find anything on his dad. 
So either his dad, yeah, so either his dad, I know that his dad got arrested for it. I know his dad got charged with it. I could not find anything in terms of sentencing. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, so I don't know what that means. Yeah, that's weird. Yeah. Um, Also, if anybody heard that, I don't know why. I just got a message, and it boop-booped. All right. So I'm not saying <laughs> I didn't hear anything. I'm so not saying okay. I'm popular, but but I, you're not popular. <laughs> I'm sorry that people are so jealous of me, but I can't help it anyway, that I'm popular. <laughs> name that movie. My go. Next, no. My okay. next one is um, also relatively recent. Um, on Halloween in 2010, Ohio teenager Devin Griffin returned home. Oh, this from one was Sunday sad. church service. Yeah, I remember this. He found his brother Derek, mother Susan, and Susan's new husband, William Lisk, murdered. Devin was traumatized, and he could only say that the scene was like, quote, something out of a haunted house. I can only fucking imagine. That's, that's, as as little information as that is, for me, that is entirely too much information. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) So the killer was found to be William Lisk's son from a previous marriage, William Lisk Jr., who had oh, a history good. of schizophrenia and violence. Not saying that having a history of schizophrenia There are is plenty of a, schizophrenics who have not killed people. So exactly. honestly... It's not a prerequisite William, to violence, but they're just saying that yes. he did have schizophrenia and was violent. Junior so, does not get a free pass. No. Lisk was later picked up at a halfway house and pleaded guilty to all three murders, and he committed suicide in prison in 2015. Oh, wow. Yeah. That was brave of him. Yeah. Or, uh, I don't know. He obviously had mental health problems. Right. So, yeah, that's pretty sad. But also, that doesn't excuse you. I was going to say, it's pretty sad, but also you killed your dad and his wife and his, and your stepbrother. Yeah. Like, that fucking sucks. (sighs) Yeah. So go on with your next one. Yeah. Yeah. Let's, let's keep, let's keep this on a high. Let's keep this party rolling. Yeah. Right. Like, I mean, I'm, I'm feeling great definitely don't feel like the world is going to shit this is fine um i also all right i'd just like to say Haley titles all of her things like very seriously like lisk family murders and shit like that i I title mine so that i know what they are and you title (laughs) yours i title mine so i have to read the whole thing i title mine so that they're like well yeah so that you have to read the whole thing sorry but because i just like to be like sassy i guess so for example taylor van dyce's murder was called a father-son bonding activity Mm -hmm. (laughs) but so this one is this is why you don't have a two-year-old babysit (laughs) which is not funny but i think i can't think of i can't think of the first reason why you would want a two-year-old to babysit but okay oh wait because you learn very quickly. If there's anybody out there that's like, hmm, I want to go out, but maybe I'll just have my two-year-old babysit everybody. Think again. Um, because, so, on October 31st, 1955, Stephen Stevie Damon, who was the son of Jerry and Marilyn Damon, disappeared along with his seven-month-year-old sister, um, Pamela. Seven, seven-month-year-old? Oh, fuck me. <laughs> I just came down a mountain, okay? You can't use that excuse for much longer. I can. The elevation was like nearly 2,000 above sea level. 
Seven-month-year-old sister Pamela. Seven-month-year-old sister Pamela. Fucking kill me. Um, <laughs> I'm going to hire a contract killer and just take myself out. Um, so, yeah. So, seven-month-year-old sister Pamela. And this was while Marilyn, Stevie, and Pamela's mother asked Stevie to stay with the stroller and watch his sister out in front of a bakery that she was visiting on Long Island in New York. Yeah, so imagine just being like, all right, little boy, like wait outside with your sister and I'll be out in a minute and then boom, your kids are gone. Like, no offense, not that I'm blaming her, but to blame her, it's like, would you leave your bike out in front of like a store just not chained up? Do you ever see someone that like ties their dog up in front of a place? I'm like, you are the worst forget you are the worst person i want everyone to know if you tie your dog up in front you have no idea how much willpower it takes me not to literally just untie and be like i have a dog now yeah right (laughs) because i want i want every dog and when and it's like it's like dangling a chicken nugget in front of a piranha at some point the thing is gonna fucking bite yeah i am and this is also a a piranha this is a perfect example to quote John Mulaney. It's like asking a horse to watch your dog. I was thinking this the entire <laughs> time I was writing this yeah. about this case because it's right. true. So obviously, like, so like dogs without leave, horses, they both disappear. Yes. Yes. Like when you leave a two-year-old, uh, when you leave a seven-month-old with a two-year-old, and then they get and then they disappear, it's a little bit on you. Yeah, no, I mean, I'm not, I'm, like I said, I'm not one to blame. I don't know if I should call Marilyn the victim here, but like, you know. All right. Yeah, either go, way, so go it's on, your fucking happens? fault. So Pamela was found unharmed a few yards from the shop. Mm-hmm. Um, Stevie, who was two, year old, two years old at the time of his disappearance, was not found. He has never been mm. found. He's kind of got a little bit of a, um, like, Wineville chicken coop thing going on, where like, his parents never Don't stopped. Don't believe he's dead? They, well, it, it doesn't help that in 2009, John Barnes of Kalkaska, Michigan, came mm-hmm. forward saying he suspected that he was Stevie Damon. And uh, yeah, and he underwent DNA testing. They used the DNA of, his, of Pamela Damon mm-hmm. and, John's, and John Barnes's DNA. And on Thursday, June 18th, 2009, FBI Special Agent Andrew Arena released a statement saying that, quote, DNA samples analyzed by the FBI laboratory in Quantico, Virginia, show John Barnes and Pamela Damon Horn, Stephen Damon's sister, do not share the same mother. Wow. Yeah. Um, And so, yeah, Stevie has not been found to this day, and there are no leads. There is nothing. Also, if I was that John Barnes's uh parents i'd be like the fuck dude i mean maybe he was adopted (laughs) yeah that's true there wasn't enough info that's kind of what i assumed i was like oh his parents were like we don't know your parents and he was like ding bet i do (laughs) found some parents (laughs) are you my new daddy um (laughs) no but yeah Um, so let's just very sad i was gonna say like just gonna have a good cry after this yeah, it, it only gets worse from here, I was going to say, it just keeps getting worse. <laughs> yes. So, um, Bronx resident Carl Jackson was 21. Uh, he was a 21-year-old data entry clerk at Morgan Stanley. Hey! <laughs> I, do data, do? I do data entry, yes. Love I, it. I, I explain to people, for those who've seen Friends, when they talk about how Chandler has this job and nobody knows what the fuck Chandler does... 
I do what Chandler does. And so then that's when people are always like, oh, so you're Chandler Bing. And I'm like, no, I'm Chandler Bing's bitch. I'm not even important <laughs> enough to be Chandler Bing. <laughs> but yeah, so but I don't you, don't... you don't do data entry for Morgan Stanley. No, I do not. I do it for redacted, redacted, redacted. And... <laughs> Good call. <laughs> <laughs> Let's just give out where you work, your home address, <laughs> yeah. your blood type. Yeah. If I knew my blood type, I'd give it out. I have no fucking clue. <laughs> Don't ask me. I make a mental note to ask my doctor every time I visit. And then when I leave, I'm like, shit, I knew there was something. It's all right. It's fine. I don't need to know my blood type. It's not like I'm going to, I don't know, like bleed out in the street. No, let's do it. Yeah. Um, on Halloween night in 1998, Jackson went with his girlfriend to pick up uh, her young son from a party and while they were there some teenagers threw eggs at their car uh, the classic halloween prank soon turned ugly when jackson got out of his car exchanged words with some of the teens and then got back into the car then one of the teens pulled out a gun and shot jackson in the head killing him instantly police later arrested 17 year old curtis sterling for the murder because sterling was a minor at the time of the shooting he was given only a 20-year prison sentence and wow Another interesting fact, according to the New York Times, Halloween eggings have left a violent legacy in New York City for decades. From 1984 to 2010, at least 24 people were seriously wounded or killed in stabbings, shootings, beatings, or accidents sparked by egg-throwing confrontations around Halloween. And all 24 cases played out in roughly the same way. A group of boys hurled eggs at a pedestrian, car, house, and the targets confronted the throwers, and then violence erupted. Good. That seems yeah. like a that seems like a smart thing to do. Well, then I told you about those old ladies back in Connecticut. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's pretty crazy. Yeah. So, moral of the story, Eggings eggs are for can baking. Cause death. Oh, that too. Yeah. But also, but also just just stay away from the eggs. Yes. No one needs a chicken fetus and No. I mean, I say that I I use eggs on a regular basis for like everything, so maybe, but I haven't egged a house yet. So, Good. Yeah, that's always something to like aspire to, I think. Yes, no. I may be a shit human being, but I haven't egged a house yet. Or like you I may go be, to your grave with that. I may be completely like <laughs> incapable of living on my own, but I can egg I can't I haven't egged a house. I can't speak. I can't speak, <laughs> but I haven't egged a house. Go on with your next one. Yes. Um again, I'm just a shit human being. Holiday on ice, more like holiday on fright. Um, I don't think that one worked as well. It I wasn't did, as happy none with that of, none one. of it worked as well, but I still think I'm funny. So I just, right. I just, I just let, I just go with it. But um, yeah. Okay, honey. I know, I know. <laughs> um, on Halloween night in 1963, though, uh, the Indiana State Fairgrounds Coliseum was hosting a Holiday on Ice exhibition. For, it was like skating, like kind of like Disney on Ice, but for the holidays. Mm-hmm. And um, unbeknownst to the attendees, a propane tank leaked through the entire performance, filled the unventilated... All right. I can't I can't speak filling the unventilated room with doom mm. and gas. Um so as the skaters prepared for their pinwheel finale, the gas made its way to an electric popcorn machine and mm. when the gas ignited, a flame shot 40 feet through the south side seats in the um coliseum mm-hmm. and people were catapulted and their chairs were catapulted all through the air. 
and concrete chunks and body parts rained down. <sighs> Ooh. This is some Final Destination shit. It really um, is. Which is why, because I said to you, I was like, this technically isn't a crime, but literally I was reading it and I was like, holy shit, where's Devin Sawa? Like, there's a Final Destination thing in here somewhere. Yeah, it's so weird that that happened. How many of those people had near-death experiences prior to this? I would like to know. Um, mm-hmm. But so, 54 people were killed on the scene, and another 20 later died of their injuries. Jesus. And so, in total, the explosion killed 74 people and injured almost 400. Whoa. Yeah. And the fire marshal said that he considered the scene to be one of the most gruesome, or the most, not one of, the most gruesome event that the town had ever seen. Jeez. I was going to say, not one of. (laughs) They were having a holiday on ice thing. I hope it was Halloween on ice. I think it was like... if it was Christmas on ice on Halloween night... I think it was. Santa better like, get his ass out of my holiday. <laughs> I, I actually, I just saw a post the other day that some girl um, was like, yeah, so I'm like super into Halloween and I'm super into like celebrating each holiday at its given time. And exactly. she was like, my husband, or like she was newly married. She's like, my husband just posted asking when was too soon to put up the Christmas tree. And some, and some girl literally commented and was like, time for a divorce. Yeah, exactly, right? <laughs> I'm not saying it'll come to that point, but you're also... Allowed to put up your, you're allowed to put up your Christmas tree technically the day after Thanksgiving. Yes. But I would give it until December 1st. Yes, I agree. I agree. <laughs> I would say December 1st. Um, if I have to wait until October 1st to put up my Halloween decorations, oh, you have to wait until December 1st. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. But that was the one thing. So, like, I, I'm assuming that it was Halloween just because... This is Halloween 1963, and in Halloween 1962, the Monster Mash came out. And ah, so, okay. and, and the Monster Mash, fun fact, because there's, I, I don't know, I fell down like a IMDb rabbit hole like a while, like a couple weeks ago. And the Monster Mash was actually made into a movie. And the movie was based on a play that was written about the Monster Mash. The Monster Mash was apparently a fucking bop way you back mean, in the day. Was it was it a graveyard smash? <gasps> you I <laughs> I don't know whether to love you or to be mad at myself. I love the shit out of the Monster Mash. Oh now see It's a goddamn I don't, bop. I'm mm, I'm not big on the Monster Mash. Well, we can't get into this I feel this like right it's now. overplayed. I know, I know, I know. We can't get into another fight on... I was going to say national television, but no. Okay, national television. Yeah. We can't Send do that either. Old. Yeah. So- <laughs> uh, the worst um, part is, it's almost midnight where Haley is, and it's not where I am. Like, I should nope. be. I should be fine. They know and you're Haley on the West Coast, I'm on the East Coast. No, but I'm saying Haley should be the one that's, like, making all of these... Mistakes? Don't say that. It sounds so terrible when you say it like that. No. Let I'm me get a- into my next one, because it's real short. Okay. Okay, so in 2009, three teenage girls were abducted by a man with a gun on their way home from trick-or-treating in Woodbridge, Virginia, and all three were taken at gunpoint to a wooded area and two were sexually assaulted. The third girl was able to call her mother, uh, causing the man to flee. Two years later, police arrested Aaron Thomas, who was already a suspect in numerous sexual assault cases in since 1997. And Thomas pleaded guilty in 2012 to the three kidnappings. Hmm. That's yeah. good. I actually heard about this guy. 
because did you really? I did. Um, because I also wrote about this. Oh, did you really? <laughs> I did. And we I'm, found a double. The, the, the daily double. Um, no. And I'm I'm gonna I'm not gonna go through. But actually, just to add, um, the text that the the mom received from the daughter was mm-hmm. a man is raping my friend in the woods behind the CVS. Call nine one one. Oh shit! Imagine being a mother and getting that fucking text. Wait, read the rest of your details because I don't think I had that many details on. This. I I only I'll tell you I only had <laughs> this many details because Aaron Thomas was actually a Connecticut resident. Really? Yes. Um, and shit. I grew up in Connecticut, so that's why everybody was like, "Oh shit!" Um, but yeah, no. So like you said, like the girl was walking home with or the girls were walking home yeah and they were cutting across a shopping center parking lot and this guy pulls out a lighter that looked like a gun which why Mm -hmm. the fuck would you make one of those yeah that's kind of weird like mm, eh, mm. um but yeah no so then he was like do you have money they were like no and he was like drop your candy and come with me and he abducted them and took them it wasn't it was like there was a cvs and then there the, the cvs was on the hill uh-huh. If you go down the hill, there's a clearing, and he made okay. them all lie face down, and then he sexually assaulted two of the girls while one of the other girls was able to, the third girl was able to, like, get her phone get away. and, no, get her phone and text her mom. Jeez. He still had them on the, on the ground when mm-hmm. he heard sirens coming, and he fucking ran. But he's actually known as the East Coast Rapist because oh, wow. of all of those people that he was um suspected of raping and assaulting it totaled to 17 other women on top of these three girls oh shit yeah and like you said he pleaded guilty in 2012 but yeah homeboy was a sick fuck yeah it's pretty nuts yeah yeah so sorry i know this was a short one but also that was Uh, you uh you can go ahead with your next one okay um I also, the title for Aaron Jenkins was This Guy Went as a Sick Fuck for Halloween. But anyway. um, Good. Here's another problematic title. This girl's Halloween went to pieces. Literally. (laughs) Yeah, it's going to get bad real fast. Um, When Maria Cialella, who was age 17, left her New Jersey home to go trick-or-treating in 1981. What? Oh, I I thought you were wooing (laughs) as in like, woo, that's rough. I'm like, we're not even there yet. No. (laughs) yes um that's true i should have looked to see where in new jersey she was from to see if she was anywhere near you i'm just throwing out a woo for my uh fellow jersey who can relate woo (laughs) um but yeah so she left her home in where jersey there you go uh and she was going trick-or-treating in 1981 and told her mom and dad that she'd be back by midnight and this is real sad a police officer what? They were allowed to trick or treat till midnight in 1981. It was the 80s. Have you heard of a latchkey kid? I know. Uh, our town has like a 9 p.m. curfew. Oh, I don't think my town had a curfew. I'm pretty sure ours is 9 p.m. Ah, huh. I don't think mine anyway. ever did. But then again, like I had a curfew, so yeah, obviously, yeah. yeah so <laughs> I don't, I, I don't know if my town had a curfew because I was in like by like fucking sunset. Um... <laughs> So I fucking loved daylight savings. Um, So yeah, so a police officer actually saw Maria soon after 12 a.m. walking towards her house and told himself to remember to give her a ride on the way back. Like Mm -hmm. on his way back, he was going somewhere Mm -hmm. and he never got to. 
Um, Maria disappeared for over a year and a half and was found in a serial killer's backyard with her body cut into three pieces. Mm. Um, and the killer in question is Richard Beganwald, and he was 42 at the time that he was caught with Maria's body. And he mm-hmm. had four other victims, one of whom was buried in the same grave as Maria. Um, and all of the the victims were buried behind his mother's home in Staten Island. It's very, like, Ed Kemperish, like, buried in your mom's yeah. backyard. Um, but so, yeah, so Beganwald, or Beganwald, I don't know how to pronounce it, if the W suddenly becomes a V or what. Um, but he had a long history of violence because he was beaten as a child. Again, very Kemper-esque. Mm. Mm-hmm. Um, and he tried very to... Very just serial killer-esque. Very serial killer-esque, yes. Like, probably a head injury or two in there. Mm-hmm. Um, and at one point, at, at the age of five, um, he tried to set fire to his family's home. That's also, that's part of the triad, which it we'll gets, probably do an episode on. Oh, yeah, no, and it gets cuter, because at 11, he tried to set himself on fire. Wow. And unfortunately... He wants to be a stuntman. I was going to say, unfortunately, he didn't succeed. Um, but as he got older, his hatred of himself turned into a hatred of others. Mm. So he earned the nickname the Jersey Shore Thrill Killer and was sentenced to death in 1983 for Maria's murder, as well as that of Anna Olisiewicz, Olisiewicz, Mm -hmm. um, O-L-E-S-I-E-W-I-C-Z, um, Betsy Bacon, love her name, um, Love love her name, hate what happened to her. Deborah mm-hmm. Osborne and William J. Ward, who was a drug dealer. Um, like all these other people were young girls. I'm not like just calling out William Ward. Like all these girls, yep. it was like, I'm a student, I'm a student, I'm a student. And then we've got one drug dealer, which I'm assuming was this dude's, Richard's drug dealer. Yeah. Um, so a 1984 appeal earned him a life sentence. And mm-hmm. Richard died in prison of natural causes in 2008. Which is pretty right. fucking recent. He died 10 yeah. years ago. This Even yeah, this is, case is pretty fucking recent. But like, if you think recent. about it. Like, I mean, yeah, like, people say 1981, and it's like, wow, that was so long ago. That wasn't that wasn't too far off. Yeah. Like, and ugh. he's called the, the Jersey Shore Thrill Killer, so I'm assuming this, like, she lived in Ocean County. That would make sense. I have no idea. You're, you're, I, let me see. I don't know if I can find out, but I, I, I don't know. If it's the Jersey was, Shore thrill killer, then it makes sense that it was. Yeah, and plus because down like there. he lived in Staten or his mother lived in Staten Island. That's true. Yeah, um, it doesn't really say where he lived. Yeah. Um. Whatever. Whatever. I, if I can figure out where she lived, that would be great. But all right, I'm um, just seeing like all all, like even i'm looking now and what i i'm seeing the same stuff i saw when i was researching and it's more it's more about when her body was found Mm -hmm. than what she like where she lived back then yeah but all right my next one is um chris jenkins who was a 21 year old student at the university of minnesota oh wait time out oh she lived in seagirt seagirt i love seagirt it's a That's fun name. Okay, it's a fun name. It's sea, like ocean, and then new mm-hmm. word, girt, G-I-R-T. Yes, it is. All right. Sorry. It's a very nice, uh, it's a very nice neighborhood. It's not like very um, like seaside type. Oh, I thought it's, you were going to be it's like, it's like, not like one of those places where like a serial killer can just pick you up off the street and then bury you in his mom's backyard. 
No, it's not very like trashy like seaside. It's like more like people will live there year round and stuff. So Jay Wow wouldn't live there, but Jenny would. Maybe. Okay. All right. So uh, Chris Jenkins, 21, student at the University of Minnesota. He was last seen leaving a downtown Minneapolis bar on Halloween night in 2002. And four months later, his body was discovered in the Mississippi River. And he was still wearing his Halloween costume. Uh... Yeah. So since Chris was intoxicated that night and his cause of death appeared to be drowning, authorities initially believed that his death was either... Death was either an accident or a suicide. I'm contagious. (laughs) But his parents refused to believe this, and they pressed for a more thorough investigation. And finally, in 2006, the death was reclassified as a homicide. And police claimed that an incarcerated suspect told them that he was present when Chris was murdered and then thrown off of the bridge into the river. Wow. While the story seemed credible, there's never been enough evidence to file charges uh, however, one possible theory is that Chris Jenkins could have been the victim in a mysterious and unsolved smiley face murders, oh. which I will have. To, yeah, I'm going to have to look into that more because I believe I've heard. I was going to say before. it sounds familiar. Yeah. And um, the bizarre killings involved approximately 40 male college students in the United States who all died of drowning. Um, drowning. Drowning. They drowned. <laughs> they drowned. Drowning. Tell me, oh, yeah. have you ever heard of a seven-month-year-old drowning? <laughs> Elliot gives me shit for all that all the time because I always say drowning. Oh. Drowning. I think you yeah. still did it. Of, I think you still yeah, did so it. Dr- <laughs> you just were more, You just pronounced it like you said it in like a longer pronunciation, but you said drowning as opposed to just drowning. drowning. Yes. What? Drowning. Drowning. <laughs> I'm going to get you a fucking linguist. Now it just sounds weird. Anyway, (laughs) shut up, Elliot. He's behind me laughing. (laughs) If you've been hearing tap, tap, tap the entire time, that's him fucking typing on his loud ass computer. I haven't, but tell me, he may have a loud ass computer, but he still probably knows how to pronounce drown. Drowning. Anyway, in some of these cases, unexpected smiley face graffiti was found near the body of water where the victims turned up. And while no smiley face graffiti was found in connection to Chris Jenkinson's death, the scenario does have a number of similarities to these killings, and it actually remains unsolved to this day. That's sad. That's really, it's like... very sad. Oh, the unsolved ones always bother me because of, like, their families and whatnot. Yeah. It's just... I mean, it's also sad like, when it is solved, but at least, like, there's it's sad when it's a solved, little but at least bit of closure. closure. Yes, exactly. Yeah. At least there's closure. Like, yeah. no matter what, like, nobody deserves to get murdered, obviously, um, except mm-hmm. for the people who say drowned. But, um, Drown- drowning. <laughs> I hate it. I add another D. That's what it is. I just, I want to know why. Um, hey, Caitlin. Hey, Caitlin. Hey, Haley. <laughs> <laughs> I love, I love you. How about that little bit of ASMR? <laughs> you know what? If I'm it's able, very late here. It's very late here in my mind. And that's it. That's all I got. Go to your next one. Yeah, I'll move on. This um, is pretty recent too, isn't this was, it? This was also very recent. A lot of shit went down in like... 2010 to 2012 it's and I, either like I it's either like, like the 80s or the the late 2000s well the mid 2000s the early 2010s and my issue with yes. this is why are we so angry when obama was still president 
Yeah, right? We didn't know how we good so we much more to be angry about remember that. I can't Mitt, imagine. Remember when Mittens I can't Romney? This Halloween. Yeah, remember when Mittens <sighs> Romney and his binders full of women were our biggest fear? Like, come on. Um, but anyway, moving on from one nightmare to another. On Halloween night in 2011, a 55-year-old Chicago resident named Liddell Peoples got into a deadly altercation with his 49-year-old girlfriend, Maria Adams. This is my favorite one. Because okay. it's it's right up there in stupidity with Gaston and the um, firecracker. All right, go ahead. Maria allegedly took a bag of Liddell's Halloween loot. Question one. Punishable by death. Well, funny you say that because it sent him <laughs> into a violent rage. He took out a knife and repeatedly stabbed Maria and killed her. It really depends on what was in the bag like were they full-size full? bars yes <laughs> was it some shitty ass candy bars was it was it dots or was it Kit Kat bars like i mean there are there are some i will say but also homeboy is 55 where the fuck is he getting this halloween loot from yeah right he <laughs> like, obviously stole you, it from a kid you aged out a long ass time ago like minimum like 40 years yeah. ago yeah and I mean, I just, there's so many things wrong with this. There, mm-hmm. there's, his reaction was 50 years too late. Um, yep. But so, yeah. So he killed her. And mm-hmm. upon his arrest, Peoples attempted to defend himself by explaining that his candy was taken. So. Yes. <laughs> what was I supposed to do? <laughs> like, I, I just love to, like, see how that conversation went down. I'd really like to. Well, she took my candy. What? <laughs> I had to kill her. Don't tread on my candy. Like, come on. Um, but so, yeah. So, no. So, it was probably at that point that someone had to explain to him that being that possessive over Halloween candy was only okay when you're, like, five, not 55. Mm-hmm. And um, needless to say, his excuse didn't fly. People were like, mm, no, mm, that's bullshit. And <laughs> he was arrested on a $2 million bond. Yeah. Yeah. As he should be. What the fuck, Liddell? <laughs> like, yeah. I'd love to know what was going through. Like, did he have like a spiked pixie stick as well? Except it was fucking acid instead. Yeah. I just. What else? What man? is wrong with people? Like, I'm completely with you in terms of like, don't touch my candy. But this is a bit much. This is much even for me. You know what? I don't think it was so much about the candy is that he just wanted to kill her. Yeah, no, I feel like he would have found a way. Like, I mean, it could have been... This was just the excuse. It could have been Christmas, and she could have eaten one of his candy canes. I don't think it matters. I think he just needed an excuse. It was the pixie stick that broke the camel's back. (laughs) Yes, yes, it was. Anyway. Oh, God. Um, Someone kill me. (laughs) Sometime in the early hours of Halloween of 1981, Manhattan couple Ronald Sisman and Elizabeth Platzman were murdered in their Chelsea apartment. The couple was severely beaten before being shot in the head execution style, with their apartment being completely ransacked. New York police initially believed it to be uh, drug money as the motive, but then the case took a turn for the bizarre. A prison informant claimed that one of his fellow inmates had predicted the crime weeks before it actually happened. That inmate turned out to be the son of Sam killer, David Berkowitz. Oh, Yes. So we'll do an episode on Berkowitz, but... Um, but also, been, damn. Yes. He had, 
long been rumored to be involved with a satanic cult that helped him with some of the murders. According to the informant, Berkowitz uh, had told him that his cult was planning to enter a residence near Greenwich Village. Chelsea would qualify for that <laughs> on Halloween to carry out uh, a ritual murder. When questioned, Berkowitz claimed that Sisman had footage of one of the Son of Sam shootings and was planning to hand it over to the authorities in exchange for dropping some drug charges. While no evidence was found to support Berkowitz's claim, he was basically uh, right about the description of the Sisman apartment, and those killings are still unsolved. That's really sad. That's fucked up. It's also weird. Yeah, that's a little... Wow, that's just, that's a lot. Yeah. Bringing another serial killer I was going to say, Halloween is such a happy time. It is. There's so many. Go on with your next one. All right. So I was very proud of this one. It was, I called it Trick or Treat or Death. Okay. Classic. <laughs> um, and in 2008, 12-year-old TJ Derisaw knocked on the front door of a South Carolina home with his father and brother. And like any kid, he expected to get candy. And instead, he got 29 rounds from an AK-47. Ooh. Yeah. Bit of a and not tr- just... Not just in a bag handed to him. I no, would no. It was more like into From him. From the gun itself. Yes. Put into him. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. So he got more of a trick than a treat. And the man the that was using the gun inside the house was 22-year-old Quentin Patrick. And he had a history of drug convictions and was hel- holding several thousand dollars worth of cash. Mm. And Patrick thought that the that TJ and his dad and brother were rival drug dealers coming to kill him. Mm. So naturally he did what any moron would do and didn't look in the peephole and went completely apeshit and began firing through the door. What a freak. It just, it never gets old. And so TJ did die on the scene. Mm. Um, His father and brother survived gunshot wounds to the chest and leg. best part tj's mother watched the entire (gasps) thing from inside the family car where she had decided to stay with her toddler tj's younger brother youngest brother Mm -hmm. um and the family said that they only stopped at the house because the porch light was on wow yeah so needless to say patrick did not get away with it yeah. And was sentenced to 30 years in prison in 2013. So he gets out in 2043. Good. Yeah. Um, wow. Yeah. Super fucked up. Super like you would never expect something like that to happen on Halloween. Yeah, exactly. Like that's like people are sitting there getting freaked out about like whether or not their candy is inedible. And meanwhile, kids are getting shot through the door. Yeah. Like that's something that has actually happened as opposed to yeah. old wives tales and people being accused of giving up their edibles. Yeah, exactly. Which would never happen. But anyway. Um, like I mentioned at the beginning, there's a lot of um like I think it was it was also on like the Fourth of July episode we talked about, but there's lots of like gang related Yeah. Um crimes happening. Fourth of July and- we said it was because you couldn't tell if it was gunshots or fireworks. Exactly. And well, I agreed um, because I once lived in New Haven. Yes. On Halloween night in 1993, a group of five Pasadena Bloods gang members opened fire on trick-or-treat, uh, trick-or-treating teenagers returning from a party. They what killed the three. 
and wounded three others. Yeah. The gang members were soon arrested and police determined that they had fired at the wrong people, randomly shooting at a group of kids rather than, than their intended targets. And three bloods were found guilty of the shootings. Like, what the fuck? Like, you know it's a holiday, guys. Exactly. And, like, it's a children's holiday beside. Not that it's a children's yeah. holiday. But in this particular instance, it was children that they were... Like, I mean, you know that kids are going to be out. Yeah. Like, I don't care who you are. Like, you got to have some responsibility. Yeah. You tell them, man. I know. If there are any Bloods or Crips or any any gang members out there listening, um, please don't hurt me. But take my advice. But also, don't I thought you were going to be like, but also, please people. hurt her. I was like, shut up, Haley. But also, don't <laughs> shoot at random people on Halloween. Yeah, but also, please watch where you're shooting. Yeah. Um, didn't think that needed to be said, but apparently it nope. does. All right. Go on. Um, so next we have Yoshihiro Hattori. Hattori. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was a Japanese exchange student living in Baton Rouge as part of an American field service program. And on Halloween night in 1992... Uh, Yoshihiro and the young son of his host family went to a Halloween party for American Field Service students. And because he was unfamiliar with the neighborhood and where the party was and everything, the boys rang the doorbell for the wrong house. Typical. Yeah, not a big deal. Also, Um, it's Halloween night, so... Exactly, exactly. That's probably going to happen a lot. Yes. Um, So they got no answer and started walking back to their car... Um, at which point the owner of the home, Rodney Pierce, then opened the door armed with a .44 Magnum revolver. And mm. Hattori turned around and said, we're here for the party, um, claiming that he feared for his life and that the exchange student was, quote, scary. Pierce shot Hattori, killing him. Seems legit. Someone yeah, says they're I mean, there for a party. Yeah, I it's mean... It's a very scary proposition. I was going to say, that's probably the... Like, I've got chills. Like, that's probably the scariest thing that anybody has ever said to me, and they haven't even said it to me. Mm-hmm. I had trouble just reading it. <laughs> um. So, Pierce and his wife then went back into their house and waited 40 minutes for the police, who questioned him and then let him go. Seems about right. Huh funny how that always seems to happen mm-hmm. um and only when both the governor of louisiana and the japanese consulate got involved was rodney pierce arrested after which he was acquitted of manslaughter what a twat what the fuck yeah and i don't think like i know it doesn't say here but I've got a pretty good picture of Rodney Pierce in my head. And he's looking pretty white to me, Haley. I would say that he, he's looking probably pretty right. damn white. I haven't looked up pictures, but I would assume. I think it's as safe much. to assume. I think it's safe to do the ass thing. Yeah. And we still get to deal with this shit over 20 yeah. years later. All right. Uh, well, my move. next one is a hometown one for you. The night before Halloween in 1975, Connecticut teenager Martha Moxley left her house to attend a neighborhood party. Oh yeah, yeah. This is this is a pretty famous one. 
Um, her body was found the next morning beneath a tree in her backyard, brutally beaten with a golf club. Yeah, this is one 20, that Connecticut people don't want to talk about. It's like, yeah, we like 25 to pretend years everything's perfect. Hmm. 25 years went by until Michael Skakel was, uh, who was also 15 at the time, was arrested, charged, and convicted of the murder. The case drew worldwide attention since Skakel was a nephew of Robert F. Kennedy's widow. Yeah. And because of his Eunice. family's wealth, mm-hmm, because of his family's wealth, he had lived a life uh, in and out of rehab for alcohol, trying out for the Winter Olympics, and flunking out of multiple schools. Yeah, sounds like a Kennedy. Yeah. Skakel's alibi seemed bizarre uh, that he had been masturbating under the tree earlier that same night, according to DNA found on the body, but they had no connection to the crime. He had later um, written, he had a letter written uh, on his behalf by Robert F. Kennedy Jr., and after numerous appeals was given a new trial in 2012 due to the prosecutor misconduct and poor defense. He's currently out on bail and waiting for a new trial. Wow. As of the time of reading this. Wow. That's just. Yeah. If you got money and. I was going to uh, say, you know, these past two stories, melanin. especially that is the American justice system at its at just at work. Yep. Yeah. And you know what? Uh, that alibi. I'm just spitballing. He's just he's just masturbating under trees, guys. Come on. Yeah. Anybody could have died there. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I masturbate under trees all the time, don't you? <laughs> yeah. Makes sense. <laughs> Nothing turns me on more than a nice fucking oak. <laughs> yeah, Just but the anyway, curves got of those leaves. Yeah, no, so he can get fucked. Um, preferably in prison, though. That's not nice. Um, so, yeah. So, that's fucked. Um, mm-hmm. This also happened in 2012. Um, but a disabled war veteran was parked outside of a Florida fast food restaurant in his wheelchair on Halloween night. Um, and then a Marine who, by the way, was dressed in a tutu. I felt that was vital information. Um, saw the veteran and assumed that it was a gag making fun of the Marines. And Uh, yep. So offended and enraged. The Marine brutally attacked the half-paralyzed vet, beating him to the ground and knocking him unconscious. It was not until the police came to arrest him that he learned that he had made a mistake. Mm. So he wouldn't have done it if he had known it was a vet, but he would have done it to any other civilian. Yeah, right? Right. Um, So, yeah, imagine being that guy. And I just also put in a quick aside here that with the whole, like, not realizing he did it until, like, after the fact, mm-hmm. it reminds me of the dude from Florida who did bath salts and, like, ate that dude's face that one time. And then he came out of it and was like, I did what? Yeah. And coincidentally, Homeboy was also from Florida. Florida's a weird place, man. Florida's a fucked up place. That's where that bomb Ooh. guy is from. What? Quick aside, let's do an entire episode on crimes of Florida. Crimes of Florida, man. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that'd be a good one. Anyway, back to it. Um, this is another... It's a weird one. Um, Los Angeles hairstylist Peter Fabiano was shot dead on Halloween night in 1957 when he opened his door for what he thought was a trick-or-treater, but was actually a grown-up in a costume. Not victim-blaming, but how do you confuse the two? 
I don't know. Uh, the adult shot Fabiano in the chest with the 22 in a brown paper bag before fleeing the scene. Several weeks later, uh, Goldine Pizer and Joan Rebel were arrested on what would turn out to be a um, deftly plotted crime of passion. Pizer oh. was friends or possibly in a relationship with Rebel, and Rebel was also apparently in love with Fabiano's wife, Betty. The two women conspired to get Peter out of the equation, and Rebel brought a gun for Pizer to shoot Peter with. The arrest kicked off a firestorm of coverage as lesbians were seen to be abnormal monsters with murderous urges. The two pleaded guilty to murder and served long prison term sentences. So, so I'm sorry, I don't think I heard you correctly. They served what, Haley? <laughs> it says long prison terms. So could those have be, been, say, like seven-month-year-old prison terms? Sentences? I would say so. Okay. Yep. Just checking. Just checking. Thank you. That was. Thank it you. is officially after. Thank you for explaining here, that so. to me. I know. I know. But we're almost done. We're doing good. Um, Go on with your next one. Going back to 2012, which was just like a really weird fucking year, I guess. Um, after John White strangled Rebecca Gay to death with a zip tie in 2012, he dressed her three-year-old son Conway in his Halloween costume and sent him over to his father's to go trick or treating. That's how I'm starting mm. this story off. All um, right. So it turns out that White, who was 57 and engaged to Rebecca's mother, he knew the family well, all of that. He later testified that the murder was motivated by a latent fantasy of having sex with a corpse. Yeah, that's always healthy. Cute. Um, I'm, I'm, sure, I'm sure his fiance really liked that one. Um, yeah. White claimed that he didn't remember whether he consummated that desire after murdering Gay inside her Michigan trailer home. Right? Yeah. Sure. That's something I would totally just forget. I mean, I can't remember. I, I, like, I, maybe I fucked a corpse. I don't know. That's... Who's to know, really? It's forgettable. Um, Yep. But so, yeah. So, nevertheless, White pleaded guilty to first-degree murder because he could fucking remember that with enough evidence. Mm-hmm. And um, that was in 2013, and he is currently serving a 56-year prison sentence, which means that, needless to say, I think the wedding's off. Probably. Yeah. That's probably safe to assume. I think that's I think that's a safe assumption. But, yeah. I mean, you never know. Yep. Ted Bundy. So, <laughs> I got one more uh, bad one. Okay. And this Lay it is... On me. Uh, Marvin Bradland. Yeah. So Fort Dodge, Iowa resident Marvin Bradland and his wife were handing out candy to trick-or-treaters in 1982 when a man wearing a mask came to their door. He said, trick-or-treat, give give me your money or I'll shoot. Oh, that's how the rhyme goes. Yeah. The old rhyme. I used to think it was like, smell my feet or some shit. No, that sounds more correct. That sounds better. that sounds right. The Bradlands thought it was a Halloween prank and tried to remove the man's mask. Instead, he barged into the house, pulled out a gun, and demanded that the couple give him money that they had stashed in their basement safe. Wait, Marvin did he made, know this? We'll get to it. Okay. Marvin made a grab for the man's uh, gun, and the robber shot Marvin in the throat. What? Yeah. Oh, I don't he, like that. I don't like that. Yeah. I don't like that. I don't like he that. He then ran away, but he left the mask behind. In the years that followed, Marvin's wife had died, and the mask was tested for DNA evidence. As virtually nobody knew about the safe, suspicion fell on the Bradland family, and a family member did brag about committing the crime. But there's never been enough evidence to charge him. 
I'm sorry, what? Yeah. So there's that. I'm sorry, what? Yeah, so he bragged about it. He knew about a hidden safe, and uh, then nothing happened. Mm, What the fuck? I don't know, man. That's a fucked up one. That was my last one. That that was a pretty that was a pretty good fucked up one, Haley. I gotta say, I'm I'm disturbed. So, yep, you done good. Okay, good. Um, I have one more fucked up one, and then we can move on okay. to the weirdos. Okay. Um, so Penn State grad student Cindy Song disappeared after she left a party on Halloween night in 2001, and she had been dropped off her apartment. She went inside, but after that, nobody saw her. And Mm -hmm. there wasn't a trace of her ever found. Um, So the case has taken a lot of, like, really bizarre twists. Mm -hmm. And while the investigation focused on, or for a while, I misread, um, the investigation focused on a man named Hugo Marcus Selinsky. um, And Homeboy has a bit of a, a history Mm-hmm. And he had been arrested after five corpses were found in his backyard. But I that mean, seems to be a theme too. I was gonna say, but at least it wasn't his mother's um, mm-hmm. corpse backyard. Who knows? Um, but yeah, so a police informant that was linked that linked Solinsky and another man to Sydney, Cindy. Jesus God, um, <laughs> we're almost done. It's a midnight here too. Um, so. He claimed that the duo had kidnapped, raped, and murdered her. Mm. And to make things even weirder, the other man that was named in the kidnapping was suddenly found dead. In Selinsky's backyard! Dun, dun, dun! Yeah. Um, So even more bodies have been found there, but none have been proven to be Cindy. And so the case remains open. Wow. Yeah. And once again, that was in 2001. That was 17 years ago. Yeah, that's, that's crazy. Yeah, that's pretty fucked. Yeah. But. um, So we have a couple of, like, they're not funny, like, the naked guy but they're on pretty the 4th of July. No, but, but they're just, pretty good. It's just funny, like. uh, Funny haha, just, not funny hee hee. Just the. um. Okay, ignore me, that's fine. I don't know. Just, <laughs> just the, like, the headline or, like, the description of it. So anyway, um. While attempting to break up a fight on uh, Saturday evening between someone dressed as a, quote, American Indian and another man wearing a Tuskegee Airmen costume, a man dressed as Cookie Monster um, was stabbed in the back. And the the 24-year-old Sesame Street-clad Christopher Ramos was stabbed by the aviator who got into a fight with the, quote, American Indian, whose costume he felt was offensive. Ramos was taken to St. Luke, uh, St. Luke's Hospital with a lacerated spleen. S is for stabbing. And That's good. The two others ha- were not found. Oh, it's just weird. It's just weird. I, when people get into fights and they're also in costume and then they talk about their costumes a lot, is weird. Oh no, I enjoy it. Yeah, I enjoy it. Like one- <laughs> Cookie Monster got fucking stabbed. The next one was a Tennessee woman and married mother of three, Candy Creedle. Oh, was, her name fits for Halloween. Yeah. Uh, she was taken into custody on a 
Thursday around Halloween, I guess, after being arrested for wearing circus makeup and chasing cars, nope. along with being <laughs> along with being publicly intoxicated and making non-emergency 911 calls. I'm not going to lie. According to her arrest warrant, Cradle was partially naked and wearing a quote stocking cap on her head while quote running after cars along Luis Road in Cunningham and jumping in and out of traffic. What the fuck? <laughs> when the deputy went to Creedle's home, she answered the door, smelling of alcohol, and, quote, wearing a sports bra, pajama pants, a stocking cap, and clown makeup on her face and body. That's my worst nightmare. That was the funnier one. That's my worst nightmare. I would... Yeah. I would shit myself. Like... Yeah. I don't do clowns. I don't do clowns of the chase. I don't. I don't do clowns. Intoxicated at all. clowns. I don't do any clowns. No clowns. Naked clowns. I saw it when the original when I was way too young, and that fucked me up for pretty much ever. Yeah, I got one more. Uh, Can't wait. <laughs> as I listen to the really loud car drive outside. Broom anyway. broom. Travis Wallace, uh, who was 28, was dressed as a teddy bear when he was arrested by Anderson, Indiana police officers after allegedly threatening a hotel employee with a knife, according to the Anderson Police Department. Good. Wallace was arrested early that Sunday morning and found with a with two ten and a half inch hunting knives, a folding oh. pocket knife, and a box cutter. Oh shit! Yeah. After silently standing behind the Baymont Inn employee for around 20 seconds in the hotel lobby before lifting his shirt to reveal a knife, Wallace went into the hotel's laundry room where he, quote, displayed a knife to a surveillance camera and made a stabbing gesture uh, before sliding the knife across his throat. What the fuck, Andrew? Yeah. Currently in the Shasta County Jail, Wallace is also thought to be... Um, behind the reports of a, quote, evil-looking bear peering into vehicles. I want to know what the fuck that is, because I don't like thinking about it. That sounds like some fucking goosebump shit. Yeah, it sounds really creepy. And we all know how I feel about that goosebump shit. Where was this? This was in Indiana, I think? Okay, so far enough away from me. Far enough away from me. Yep. That's that's fucked. Also, I think you called him Andrew, and his name is Travis shit <laughs> it's late sorry Whatever. travis sorry travis sorry to all well, the andrews out freaky, there if you're listening and your name is andrew teddy bear. i'm really sorry <laughs> Whatever. maybe the teddy bear's name is andrew we really don't know it could be who knows we don't know all right well you've got the weird headlines i have the less fun stuff well i take that back because it's about candy and who doesn't fucking love candy that's fun um so i have some fun stats on candy just because i was thinking about candy as i always do um mm-hmm. and because this year i i love I'm, I'm not gonna be able to go out so i'm very excited that i will probably have trick-or-treaters and i went a little bit overboard and i got candy that was gluten-free just in case there were kids that couldn't have gluten and then i got mm-hmm. chocolate candy which we'll get into that we'll get into the different kinds of candy and whatnot but um okay so quick quick quiz about how much candy would you say like in pounds do americans purchase every year for halloween i would say it is in the millions range okay it is in the millions range would you like to go higher or lower not lower i guess because it's in the millions (laughs) (laughs) uh 
I don't know. I, I don't even really have a guess. 600 million pounds, or rather nearly 600 million pounds of candy. Jesus. That's how much is purchased every year for Halloween. Wow. Halloween, that's it. That's it. Alone. Yeah. Um, over 10% of annual candy sales happen in the days leading up to Halloween. And mm-hmm. that comes to a total of approximately $1.9 billion in sales. Whoa. Um, yeah, Wonka had it fucking made, okay? He had the right goddamn idea. And of this candy, chocolate is the drug of choice for many consumers, including myself. Mm-hmm. And of that $1.9 billion in sales, $1.2 billion was for chocolate. And wow. the remaining $680 million was for sugar candy, which is like all other kinds of candy. And I looked, there was no word on how much of that was for pixie sticks. But I think it's safe to say mm-hmm. that nobody wanted that fucking trash candy for obvious reasons. Um, but True. yeah. So 90 million pounds of chocolate candy is sold during Halloween. Um, comparatively speaking, 65 million pounds is sold during the week of Easter, like for their Easter mm. baskets and whatnot. That's a that's a bit of a difference. Yeah. That's what, like a $25 million difference, a million pound mm-hmm. difference. Um, and 48 million pounds is sold during the week of Valentine's Day. And Whoa. I have a theory that it is almost half of that 90 million pounds because everybody waits for February 15th. Yeah, that's half price chocolate day. Exactly. So if you counted, <laughs> but I'm saying if you counted the week of Valentine's Day and the day after Valentine, the week leading up to Valentine's Day and the day after Valentine's Day, it would easily exceed that 90 million pounds. Yeah, I guess so. I, I'd like easily a million pounds of that 90 million pounds is me alone. I believe it. I just, I love me some free shit. I love me some cheap shit. I just, free is my favorite brand and on sale is the next best thing. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah. Next, guess which day the most candy is sold in in the entire year. In the entire year, entire the day the most candy year. is sold. I would say probably the day before Halloween. Close. Very close. It's actually October 28th. Um, Shit. Is that the day of recording this? Shit. Is it? Yes, it is. It is. Did you buy candy today? (gasps) I did not. I I don't know if I'm getting trick-or-treaters. I got too excited. So I think I'm just going to hide at my parents' house so I don't have to deal with trick-or-treaters. You're going to get egged. Um, And I'm going to be like, you know what? She deserves it. (laughs) But... Don't you live in, like, a two-family apartment? So, like, you guys no. have separate doors? Oh. Yeah. No, the, I mean, there's there's one, like, vestibule door, and then there's, like, two apartment doors. Yeah, they probably won't waste their time with you. Um, no. That's also, when you get it would the full-size really, bars to be like, haha, fuck you. It would be really inconvenient me. to have trick-or-treaters because it's really inconvenient to open my door i'm not going to get into it but one of the doors opens out and the other one opens in and you have to like shimmy around one to get the other one open so i really don't want trick-or-treaters because that means i'll have to open the door a thousand times so So everybody go trick-or-treating at Haley's house everyone stay away from my house i hear that she's got the full-size candy bars like that good good like no i'm gonna be like in that i'm gonna be like in that one episode at the end of parks and rec where the guy like gives like 
a little like tube of cookie dough and like some chewing. Oh yeah, bowl. no, I've got like Vet- cliff bars. vitamin tablets. I've, like if I run out of candy, <laughs> I've got Cliff bars. I've got Z bars, which are the children's Cliff bars, because I'm a fucking child and I have mint Oreos, and then I'm fucking out. Like I'm done. I have, like, a couple of stale dunkers. I have um, some dried chickpeas with falafel seasoning on them. <laughs> oh, so, the like, kids are going to love that. They're yeah, I like, got a stray oh. Lay's potato chip somewhere. I can, I, there's a piece of popcorn under my... Oven. I'm not great yeah. at being an adult right now. <laughs> uh, I got some dried pasta. anybody, yeah. I've got, I've got some bonza, an open box of bonza in the cupboard. Um, Perfect. Yeah. So yeah. So the day on which most the most candy is sold is October twenty eighth, and out of every single day of the year, the top five candy selling days are all in October. Good. Yeah, I'll fucking say. Um, Americans spend an average of how much would you say on candy alone? Like not including costumes, not including like just for candy for the Halloween season. I would say three billion. No. No. Per person, on average. Oh, per, per person? Yes, per person, per, per year. household? Oh, yeah, per year. Uh, I don't know, a couple thousand? The fuck are I, you I, lying? I'm, I'm, I'm confused the? by the question. All right. Per household, yeah. per year. Are you with me so far? Yeah. How much candy, like, in terms of, like, dollars, U.S. dollars is purchased per year per household per, per year yes i don't know uh ten thousand oh jesus christ i don't i don't really know <laughs> i, I, I you're understanding the question too no when someone has when one I of tell those you, like you're gonna be like oh when someone has one of those jars out and they're like how many jelly beans are in this jar i'm like that's not what i'm asking i'm asking in yeah, but i'm not good i'm not good at estimating but numbers. i'm asking in dollars I don't know. Do you want me to read the... It's $44. It's not $10,000. I don't know. I don't I didn't really understand the question. $10,000 worth of candy? Okay. Okay. They'd be... You. They'd be drowned in candy. Um, yeah. Anyway, on that note. But, um, all right. This is an easy one, I think. Can you guess the best-selling candy? Um, is it Milky Way? No, I wish. I, Snickers? With the amount that I buy, it should be Milky Ways, but it's not. It's not Snickers. It's not Milky Way. It's not Snickers. I'm trying to think of something that's not peanut. Well, not Snickers, Snickers is peanut. I know, but I, I just <laughs> threw that one out there because I know it's a well-known. Um, is it Kit Kat? The, in the direction you're going, you're never going to get it. M&M's? Nope. I think this is really funny, though. Twix? No. Tell me. <laughs> give me. Give me a hint. It's a very dividing candy. You either love it or you hate it. Um, Smarties? No, ew, no, fuck that. <laughs> Some might argue uh, it's worse. Oh, candy corn. I don't think it is. <laughs> fuck candy corn every single day. I mean, haters gonna hate, but it is the best selling candy like of all time. I will burn it in front of people if they give it to me. <laughs> 
fuck candy corn. I'd love to see you as a child, just like looking dead in the eyes, like whipping out your little like Haley. It tastes like expired li- chalk. It's it's delicious in my opinion. In it tastes like hellfire. Healthy doses, but yeah, fuck okay, candy corn. Um, well, yeah. So best-selling candy. I know that I said chocolate was the best-selling type of candy. <laughs> This is different Uh because it's as opposed to genre, like genre, like chocolate versus sugar candy. This is out of all of the brands of chocolate versus sugar, which one sells the most? And it's candy corn. It's also the most searched candy, um, like on on the Google. Um, Okay. But yes, it's I'm laughing. I was laughing, though, at all of the things you were throwing out, because after candy corn, the best selling candy brands are Snickers, mm-hmm. Reese's. And don't anybody come at me with this Reese's bullshit. Um, no, it's Reese's. It's Reese's. It's fucking Reese's. You were raised in a barn, if you think otherwise. Um, Kit Kat bars and M&M's. Mm-hmm. So you okay. literally named... All of, if not, I don't remember if you actually said Reese's. I didn't say Reese's because I was trying to think of something, oh, something that didn't that have peanut no in it. Yeah, but yeah. you were literally naming out all of the other ones in the top five, and I was like, LOL. Yeah, because it's like if someone like is holding you at gunpoint, they're named like, name 10 candies. Yeah. Those are the ones guess, you're going to name. That's the one way I'd survive is if they came to me with that bullshit. Or did you ever see that thing on Facebook? It was like, um, like somebody comes up to you with a gun, and they tell you that they'll kill you if you don't sing one song with no mistakes to completion and no. it's like yeah and they have you pick like in the comments what the song is and people are like oh bohemian rhapsody oh fuck you uh, born you this way by lady gaga no you know what i'm fucking doing the abcs bitch like i'm going i'm going in i'm going out and i'm getting gone like that's it no i'm gonna do the one song that just america knows it's all-star all right, that's a good one. And th- <laughs> depending on how much the gunman likes memes, that could go either way. Mm-hmm. Um, another one I could do, but this would guarantee me getting shot, is this is the song that doesn't end. It goes no, on I hate that. On. <laughs> that would get me shot. Depending yep. on the day I'm having, I'm either going to do the ABCs or I'm going to do that one. All right. All right. But yeah. Was that the the last of your facts? I was going to say, but yeah, that's it. Those are all of my candy facts. And like I said, fun fact, because I just said that I have gluten-free candy for the kids that are gluten-free, just in case, because I'm in California and pretty much everybody's gluten-free. Um, Skittles are gluten-free. Interesting. Or not gluten-free. Fuck. What is it? I think they are gluten-free, but no, what was I thinking of instead? Nut-free. Skittles are nut-free. And it's tough in the sense to find nut-free candies because a lot of them are manufactured in the same in a place with factories. Nuts, yeah. yeah. So, for example, a Milky Way bar doesn't have nuts, but they're manufactured by a company that ma- I think it's Mars um, yeah. that makes other candies that have nuts in them. So they can't guarantee that it won't have like nut residue or something like that. But yeah, yeah, traces no, of it. Skittles are fucking fine. All right, then. So, and I believe they are gluten free. Hang on. I'm going to grab a pack really fast and see if they're gluten free because I think they are. Hang on. All right. Do like a riff, Haley, riff. All right. In the meantime, I will say that I am not giving out candy. And at my home where I grew up, where my parents are, they're going to give out 
Um, I think my mom had like some type of gummy thing. And then she always has like something that's not candy, just in case like a kid is like diabetic or like blah, 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 blah. So I think she had like little tiny things of Play-Doh. I think one year she had like little like Halloween sticks of bubbles um like there was a little pack of crayons i think one year i loved getting the bubbles because my dogs went fucking bananas for them so you would blow the bubbles and it was like it was like giving them candy they just went fucking bananas they loved also it. i think my my mom is a dog walker so she most definitely has um dog treats for anybody oh, that's course. trick-or-treating with their dogs of course your mom's the pied piper of puppies um, also i will give any dog a bag of treats if they're in costume i will give any dog a hug okay regardless of costume or holiday so are skittles gluten-free they're gluten-free they are gelatin-free and they are nut-free so you can have them if you're vegan allergic to peanuts i don't don't know if you can have them if you're vegan hang on if they're gelatin-free then you can have them I don't think it's just gelatin, though, is it? I think it's like there's other things involved there. Well, I guess vegetarian, you can have them. Yeah. Yeah. I'm checking. Anyway, this is our last October episode. Not vegan, by the way. Oh, not vegan? Um, while Skittles, It must be vegetarian. While Skittles don't contain animal products, and some would argue this constitutes vegan, some of its other ingredients directly harm and encroach upon animal habitats around the world which is not vegan. All right. So sorry, Good to know. Skittles, not vegan. The more you know. All right. All right. So we're going to be back on our regular schedule just Tuesdays from now on. For anybody who's sad, we are not. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's very stressful doing a two-a-week podcast. Michael and I were talking and... Because I was talking to him about how late we were doing this. And uh-huh. he was like, poor Elliot. Because Elliot was going to, like, edit this and whatnot. And well, he doesn't have to do it tonight. Well, that. But um, even more so, I, I say to Michael, I was like, not that, yeah, like, okay, poor Elliot. But also, Elliot's been having to do this double all month. And Michael was like, that doesn't make it, that doesn't make it. He, like, Michael's, Bless the boy. Michael's team Elliot all the way. Yeah, I know. But, no. Maybe we'll do a fun episode with everybody. Um, we need to. We got to get around, these boys like, on here. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, back to the, the one a week, Tuesdays, regular schedule. And I hope you guys liked our double episode October. I hope it was worth it. I was going to say, I hope it was worth it. I hope it was worth it to you. Yeah. So we'll have, like, a bunch of, like, cool Halloween stuff up. On the website, yeah. crimeculturepodcast.tumblr.com. How many times do I have to keep say, like I have to say it at the end of every episode? Is there going to come a point where I don't have to say it anymore? No. Uh, well, all the links are also in the description. I don't know if anyone noticed that, but when I released the episode, I put everything into the description. I'm so a bad, it'll have. I'm a bad both host and listener because I did not notice that. Yeah. Well, I have the website there, the email, the Instagram twitter facebook everything all of it's in there so all of it's in the link the description so no matter where you're listening to it the description should be the same yeah i haven't checked on all of our things um i think we already mentioned we're on stitcher we are 
I think we did that last week. <coughs> Much excite. Sorry about that. Anyway, no. so thanks for listening, and we will see you next, next Tuesday. Tuesday. Yeah. And have a very safe, happy Halloween. Don't eat pixie sticks. Don't eat. Don't pixie dress sticks. up like a zombie and walk near some train uh, tracks. When you when someone's gonna open the door, just duck real quick, just in case just, someone's gonna just shoot in case, you. Just in case, maybe like stand yep. to the side of the door. Yeah, they'll think you're creepy, but better safe than sorry. Yeah. Yep. Um, if you have an evil teddy bear, please leave it home. Look both ways before you cross the street. If you're a clown, please stay home. Keep all children on leashes. And let us know what candy you like. What's your favorite candy? Yeah. Yeah. I all think right. we got it covered, And uh, if anyone tweets us pictures of their costumes, and they're like real, really good ones, we'll give you a shout out on the next episode. Or their dogs. And we'll also shout you out on our oh, social. yeah. But your costume, your dog's costume, you and your dog in costume. Your dog not in costume. Your cat. Yeah. in or out of costume basically any animal we will accept yeah if you want to dress like us as costumes <laughs> no one please knows don't. what we look like i was gonna say please <laughs> do not do that yeah but if you did that'd be fucking hilarious and that's a real uh, quick way to get an ro from me <laughs> uh so Haley's gonna do that now she's gonna dress up as me for halloween yeah and sit at my parents house so i don't have to deal with trick-or-treaters and your dad's just gonna be like, "Oh, my other daughter, she's here." Yep, pretty much. That is Haley's that's exactly dad. what he sounds that like. That is exactly what your dad sounds like because that's pretty much. That is the first thing your father says to me every time I walk in your door. That's what he says <laughs> to Verbatim. all of my friends. No, no. All all guys are little buddies, and all uh, girlfriends of mine are other daughter. That doesn't make me feel special. Nope. How am I supposed to feel special? Yep. All my life, I've grown up being told I was special. Are you planning to tell me now that my participation trophies mean nothing? Yes. It's about time. We're, I have we're to go gonna, to sleep now. We're going to sign out real quick, and then we're going to discuss this off camera. Or off microphone. Okay. Off camera? Okay. Yeah, off camera. You know what? Uh, Seven months. Drowned? 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 Okay, bye. Bye.